Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Train Happy Podcast. My name is Tally Rye and today's episode is slightly different. We're going to be doing a Q&A episode and I want to be doing one of these once a month um, as a chance to answer your deeper questions from topics that may have come up um, in episodes we discuss on our usual Monday episodes when we chat to guests. But um, for the month of November, as we go into our second lockdown here in the UK and as things are as they are around the world, I felt like we all needed a bit of a boost and I thought we could do a weekly Q&A. So before we get into the two questions we're going to chat about today, um, you, if you have a question, you can send those into trainhappypodcast at gmail.com and I will leave that in the show notes for you as well so you can email your deeper questions into those. Um, so I suppose we should just get into it. Like I said, we're answering two questions today and the first question comes from Sarah. My question may be more of a discussion point than a specific question, but here goes. A group of my friends have decided for this month of lockdown to go on a health kick, which includes cutting out refined sugar and taking up running. While I understand they are doing this from a place of self-care as they recognize from the first lockdown their mental health suffered as they didn't do any exercise and they want to approach this one with positive intentions, I have struggled in the past with an eating disorder and exercise addiction and I find it quite triggering. Not necessarily from the place of wanting to make changes to my diet or movement as to be honest the thought of surviving the next month of lockdown without the simple pleasure of enjoying cake um, is not something I want to go through. And I'm currently dealing with knee knee issues due to overuse and not wanting to put myself in further pain but it does make me feel guilty for not restricting in some way or exercising more. Any tips on how to deal with this situation that doesn't involve stepping back from these friendships as I know how important connecting with people is in this time. So firstly, Sarah, I just want to say, like, good on you for recognizing that your friends' endeavors and their health kick um, may be triggering for you, and it might not be the right thing for you to be involved in. Um, And often the idea of cutting out food groups and all those sorts of things, I know when it comes to health kicks, those things are often done with the best intentions, um, but a lot of those ideas are rooted in diet culture, and therefore they can feel... Um, like they're heading down a restrictive path because it is restrictive to cut out sugar, for example. And I totally agree. The next month without cake um, seems really hard. So firstly, I want to say, um, well done for recognizing this. And secondly, I want to say, can you communicate this to your friends? Can you have a conversation with them where you are able to honestly say that um, whilst you want to care for your health and well-being during this next month, that these certain aspects um, may potentially be triggering for you as 
you do have a history with uh, eating disorders and with over-exercising. Now, I hope your friends can be, you know, be really receptive to that and really hear that and that communication can be really hard. So potentially you may want to write this down, you may want to uh, send it in a longer message or maybe you want to do it over a phone call so people can hear your tone of voice. Um, But I think you need to be able to communicate what it is that isn't helpful for you. And then once you've communicated that, I think it's really important to set boundaries around this. Because ultimately, your friends, um, as much as when our friends are wanting to restrict, wanting to exercise loads, and you see, especially when you're aware of diet culture, and you see how many of these ideas are, are rooted in diet culture patterns and It can feel like you just want to shake, help, you know, grab someone by the shoulders and shake them and say like, you don't have to do this. Um, There can be another way. Um, But I think it's also important to be respectful of people and recognize that everyone is on their own journey and everyone hopefully is going to figure this out in their own time and that we can, you know, encourage education and share ideas, you know, books, podcasts, share posts on Instagram that you see that may challenge these thoughts and behaviors, but it is an individual's own journey and it is their path to go on. And people will come to these realizations at different times. And we might, you know, within a friend group, we might not all get to that realization at the same time. So it's really important that you set boundaries. Now, this may be for you saying, okay, you do you, but please can we not discuss this around me because this is potentially triggering for me. And maybe you need to set a boundary on social media so that potentially if they're sharing things on social media, you don't see it. So whether that be muting them just for this month and maybe even just being honest saying like, look, I've just had to mute your page. Um, So, you know, I want to keep up with you. I want to hear what's going on in your life. But can we not talk about the food and exercise? And can we talk about other things? So are there other interests that you and your friends can bond over this next month? It's really interesting how a lot of us do use dieting and food to bond with other people. That that's a a common interest. But are there other interests that you can all do as a group together, whether that be watching a TV show together and, you know, chatting about it? on video calls afterwards can you all read the same book and have a book club at the end of the month and say like like I don't want to get involved in having this food and fitness goal but could we have another goal where we all read a book and then we chat about it I have to say in the previous lockdown my friends and I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle if you haven't read it, I strongly recommend. And we had an awesome book club at the end of one month. And it was one of my highlights of lockdown, actually, because firstly, the topics within the book are very empowering for women. And secondly, um, it was just really good to connect with your friends and have these deeper conversations. And I think that was really important. And maybe there's a podcast series that you can all listen to, whether it be like some sort of murder mystery. I recommend listening to the New York Times series Rabbit Hole. If you watched The Social Dilemma recently, I personally found it fascinating to understand how the internet is kind of 
sending us literally down these rabbit holes. So that may be an option for you too. So think about other ways in which you can all bond this month because you don't have to cut these people out of your life but you may need to set firm boundaries in that process. And if you want to hear a bit more on boundaries, I strongly recommend listening to my recent episode with Michelle Elman. And we discussed setting boundaries, particularly around food and dieting and exercise with friends and loved ones. Um, So I strongly recommend listening to that episode and also checking out Michelle's podcast as well, where she discusses boundaries Um, in greater depth and I will link that in the show notes so you have um, the episode and the podcast to listen to and so yeah just a final reminder not everyone is going to be on the same page you can do your best to share information but set the boundaries and when people cross and disrespect those boundaries you have to communicate that and say that like that wasn't okay But I hope that gives you um, a bit of an idea of how you might want to tackle this subject this month. So thank you, Sarah, so much for your message. I really, really appreciated it. So our second question today comes from Elsa. And before we get into it, there is going to be discussion around fat phobia. um, And I just want to make those aware. So My question is a little bit complex in that I'm not super sure how to word it, but I hope you will maybe have some advice. I'm so here for unpicking diet culture, but sometimes I find it very overwhelming. I now try to eat and move intuitively, and that's honestly a game changer, but it's the emotional side of things that I struggle with. I have only ever felt comfortable in my body when it is smaller. I know this is something that I have learnt, but I can't seem to get away from it. I'm slowly getting a little bigger, but I'm still in a smaller body and I know that's a privileged body to be in. I feel extremely fat phobic towards myself, but would never see anybody else as less valid because of them being bigger. I really admire women in bigger bodies, absolutely smashing their goals and sticking their fingers up to the patriarchy. To cut a long story short, I was a chubby kid who crash dieted when I was 13 to 14 and ended up with a lot more attention and praise than I had when I was getting picked on for being bigger. Now, when my clothes are tighter than they were or I see a photo of myself, I feel very negative. So negative that I find myself once again thinking about my body the majority of the time, which is what I'm trying to get away from. I've been unpicking the idea of small is better, smaller makes you more valid for over two years, but I can't help but think that this is just as difficult, if not more difficult, than staying small and often feel very tempted to get back in the cycle of restricting and inevitably binging. I enjoy food and always have, but like so many other women, I have realised how disordered my eating was in the past and that the times that I have been really slim, it's been because I have been stressed or overly busy or in a bad place in my life. When a bit of balance is restored in my life, my size would usually slowly increase. I used to obsessively weigh myself every day. I know that I am so much more than a body. I am proud of my creativity and my friendships and my career, but I think it's so ingrained in me to be validated by others on my appearance that I don't know where to start in feeling okay without that. Basically, my question for the podcast is, do you think it's normal to have these feelings on a fairly frequent basis? And what do you do to power through these negative thoughts when they sneak in? 
Elsa, I want to thank you for your really honest question and your really honest account of your own story and thoughts and feelings about this because I think a lot of people feel the same way and I want to just validate how you're feeling and just say that um, being aware of it is so important. Now I want to go back through your question and just pick up on a few particular bits which I found really interesting. So you said that you're trying to eat more uh, and move more intuitively and that's been a game changer but you said it's the emotional side of things that you struggle with. Now I want to discuss the idea that for lots of us when we turn to um, dieting and changing our bodies and changing our appearance that often can be a coping mechanism or a way to numb or distract ourselves from feeling our emotions from being in painful uncomfortable emotions from from having um you know from processing difficult painful traumatic things that may have happened to us and so once we've kind of dealt with the food and the exercise stuff it kind of leaves us with this like okay so I'm feeling better about eating I'm feeling better about moving but there's still something not quite right and often it's because as we're addressing that coping mechanism that we heavily relied on we're left with the feeling of like the you know the feelings and the emotions that we've been trying to suppress and push away and distract ourselves from um you know coming back to the surface so I want to point you in the direction of the book, The Fuck It Diet by Caroline Duna, because what she does so beautifully in her book is she addresses the food and the exercise stuff, but she really gets into the emotional, mental health aspects. And I think this is what um, you're really kind of getting at in this question, because I found it also really interesting that whilst the emotional stuff is what you're struggling with, when you're stressed and when life is difficult and hard, that's when you are in a smaller body. And I presume that's because you're engaging in more um, dieting behaviors at that time. So that's really interesting that those two things correlate for you and there's an overlap there. Um, So I think I'm also gonna, um, so say, listen to Caroline's, episode as well on the podcast because we get into it in the discussion there um and so the book her book the fuck it diet and the podcast episode I will link in the show notes but I also want to talk about the feel deal heal mentality that uh, therapist Tiffany Rose spoke about in another episode of the podcast funnily enough but it's also just a very um strong mantra she has around addressing our emotions And one thing I found really interesting was how she said that energy, um, sorry, that emotions are energy in motion and that therefore our feelings are to be felt within our bodies and how they're a very physical aspect, um, which I think is also often why we try to control our bodies because there's a very physical side to our emotions and feelings 
and therefore it feels like it's a body issue you know it feels like it's an aesthetics issue it feels like it's a number on the scale issue but it's a physical discomfort within our bodies because our emotions and feelings are being felt whether we acknowledge them or not you know whether that may be feeling it in our gut in our tummies um feeling some people will report you know pains like back pain and things and that can often be a signpost that there is some addressing of those those emotions that are stored in the body that need to happen um and so I think it's worth thinking about how are you distracting yourself from acknowledging your feelings and emotions um and you know, has it been a case of, and, you know, personally for me, when, you know, my, when I'm dealing with difficult, painful things, particularly around grief, I find that that's when I feel more, um, I feel more triggered around my body image. And I feel more tempted by diet culture and diet culture feels more um, enticing because, it's a coping mechanism I know, it's a coping mechanism I've used, it's something that I, my brain has learned that like, oh, okay, when times are tough, when things are difficult, um, I know how I can control something, because, you know, emotions and feelings can feel a bit uncontrollable, and we're looking to control something, so if we could just control our body image, just control the way we look, um, and just focus on that, then it will, you know, we can push those feelings down and we don't have to deal with that difficult stuff so one of the questions I want to ask is when we're wanting weight loss when we're wanting to be smaller what are we are we really wanting and I want to read a poem by Nina Manelson who we had on the fit and fearless podcast which is another podcast I present and she read this live and it was utterly breathtaking and I'm going to read this again the poem is called I feel fat sitting in my therapist's too soft sofa I'd exclaim with deep despair I feel fat and patiently week after week she'd say if you weren't feeling fat what would you be feeling it took me months to understand the question What do you mean if I wasn't feeling fat? I do feel fat. I feel unacceptable. I should do something about the number on the scale. I should fix my non-perfect body. No, really, this is all about my size. I believed it. Until I didn't. Until the cultural brainwashing started to thaw. Fat is not a feeling. Fat is a size. It is a descriptor. Feeling fat is a placeholder. It's a placeholder for so many feelings that don't have words, feelings that don't have permission to be felt, feelings that don't know how to go out, so they just turn back on me and attack my self-worth. I decoded feeling fat. It means I feel sad, mad, disappointed, angry, overwhelmed, confused, uncomfortable, jealous, and every other feeling And sometimes it was easier to feel fat. It's familiar. It's the known pain. Instead of the terror of the deeper feeling underneath the fat. But here's the secret. 
That deeper feeling has wisdom. It doesn't tear you to shreds. It doesn't disown your body. It invites you home. It invites you to your knowing, to your innate wisdom. So my question to you is, if you weren't feeling fat, what would you be feeling? I read that, I think, a couple of years ago. And it really struck me that so many of the times that we're giving energy to our weight and our appearance, it's because we don't know how to, uh, you know, to verbalize what the feeling actually is. Now, I know uh, therapy is potentially not as easily as accessible for everyone. In the UK, you are able to get therapy through the NHS if you go and see your GP. Um, But there are lots of different types of therapy and you can find the right one that works for you. However, if that is difficult for you to access right now, especially during this time, this period, this next month, then I want to talk about other ways in which we can start to explore how we're feeling. So I want you to be curious about how you're feeling. When you ask, do you think it's normal to have these feelings? Yes, it's normal to have these feelings. But instead of pushing them away and trying to, as you say, power through them, be curious about what those feelings are and what they represent. And one way to do that is journaling. And writing down how you feel, you know, just write down nonstop for 10 minutes in free flow. Like, how do you, how are you feeling? What, what words are coming to mind? What, what are you thinking? And then ask yourself these questions. How do you distract yourself from feeling? How do you actually feel about your body? And this is another, this is a tip I got from the The Fuck It Diet book by Caroline Duna, second mention today. Um, And she addressed in the emotional part that it's not only our body image that we're numbing ourselves with, you know, it's not just, we're not just channeling our emotions into our appearance and everything like that. It could be, uh, you know, being a workaholic is often a sign that we're not able to address, you know, always being busy, always having to have something to do, you know, cleaning loads and um, drinking lots and looking for ways to distract and, and, you know, stop us from facing what we're trying to, what we, what we potentially need to face. Um, And so one thing she recommends in her book is, can we take 10 minutes a day to just be there's no need to be perfect there's no need to be productive can we just sit on the sofa lie on our bed sit outside in the sunshine just take 10 minutes to just be no phone not looking at anything not doing anything you don't even have to think anything you just have 10 minutes to just be and I have to say for me personally that was huge that was a big that was a big one And, you know, as I mentioned before, therapy is a fantastic option. 
and there are amazing therapeutic tools that we can use as well. So whether that be following um, therapist accounts on social media that prompt really interesting questions, um, journaling, as we've already mentioned, and looking for prompts to write about in your journal. But we discussed this in the Feel, Deal, Heal episode with Tiffany Rowe, and I will link that in the show notes as well, um, of how journaling doesn't have to be super rigid and structured. It can be very much how you want it to be, and it can be very much a brain dump. Um, So I would also recommend listening to that. And, you know, there are... Tiffany Rowe, uh, a brilliant therapist, has a podcast of her own. So finding these resources, reading some fantastic books, um, and, you know, as I've mentioned already, you know, Untamed by Glennon Doyle, The Fuck It Dark by Caroline Duna, um, lots of these books can really help us to, to start to dig deeper and do some inner work and inner healing on ourselves. Um, And lastly, I love at the end of your question, you said, I'm so much more than a body. I'm so proud of my creativity and my friendships and my career. And I want you to hold on to that. And I want you to keep adding to that. And I want you to keep adding to that list because you're right. You are so much more than a body. And the conditioning that we've got is hard to undo. But I hope answering this question has helped in some way, maybe point you in the direction that is more helpful for you. So Elsa, thank you so much for your question. Once again, I think a lot of people are going to feel this, are going to resonate with this. So I really appreciate that. If you would like to have your question answered next week or in the coming weeks on the Train Happy podcast, you can stay anonymous if you would feel more comfortable that way, or you can give your name, it's up to you. Then please email in to trainhappypodcast at gmail.com and as you know on our Monday episodes we have um, our usual guest conversations and we also have train happy trooper of the week where we share our intuitive movement wins and we talk about our train happy moments whether that be a positive with food body image um, movement whatever it is so if you want to email that in as well send that to trainhappypodcast at gmail.com all right thank you so much for listening to this week's episode the first of our q a episodes i hope this has been helpful if it has please let us know on social media you can tag us at train happy podcast use the hashtag train happy podcast or tag me at tally rye and i will speak to you next week thank you so much for listening goodbye everyone Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.